Well, good morning. We're to Grace Church family. How are we doing today? Good deal. Good. We got a couple of warm-ish days coming, so let's act like it, you know? Amen. Hey, before we get into the word today, this is our last message in this series called Church People, where we've been talking about navigating, um, pursuing this perfect God with all these imperfect people and how messy that can be. Uh, before we dive deep into the word today, quick show of hands, who is like me and loves a good donut? Anybody? I'm a little surprised that it took a minute to get some response there. Who loves a good donut enough to come eat a chocolate-covered donut right now? Fresh from, come on, Rob, you're the right one. I know it. Come on up, Rob. Got a good chocolate-covered donut for you. It's personally my favorite kind. Fresh from the bakery this morning. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't get one for myself as well. But uh, so uh, it's good if you want to go ahead and just for everyone else's joy, indulge in that flavor for a moment and take a bite. Smells good? Good. Is it good? Delicious? Well, what did I do to it? That's exactly the question. It's funny that you would feel the need to ask me that. Well, sometimes, you know, different public uh, facilities, restaurants, bakeries and stuff can have pests, rodents and things like that. So I cared about you enough to spray it with some pesticide to make sure that you wouldn't get any bugs. So, yeah. I love you too, brother. And why is it though that you're not acting like I really did that? Because if you were ingesting pesticide, it would be pretty bad for you. Chocolate is good, but let's be real. The real reason you're not freaking out is because you know that I wouldn't do that to you, right? Why? Because we both know that even though I could be pretending that was good for you, that I was pretending to be looking out for you, we both know enough enough about pesticide to know that would be really detrimental to you, right? Go ahead and back to your seat and enjoy the rest of your donut. Give Rob a hand for trusting me, trusting me well enough. There's a point, obviously. I didn't want to just let Rob enjoy a donut in front of everyone. Ultimately, today we're going to be talking about one of the most accepted, most participated in, most destructive, and most justified sins in church, which is gossip. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to read verses 7 through 8. Proverbs 18, what uh, the wise man said. We'll look at verse 7. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. Proverbs here is telling us that, that the whisperer, the words of a whisperer, a.k.a. gossip, hey, did you hear? are like sweet morsels that go down into the soul. Rob was and still is enjoying himself with the donut. Why? Because it tastes delicious as he's eating it. It goes down and it feels good. And a lot of times we participate in what we know is wrong, being gossip, pretending that we're doing it for good. Like I pretended, thankfully didn't really, spray pesticide on the donut I didn't do that because I know it's destructive and I know it would be hurting my friend if I did that. Yet gossip, if we're honest, is one of the sins that 
Christians are more comfortable with, that we participate in more often than other things. And one of the reasons we do is because we look at it and compare it to other things and think that it's not that bad. When we'll look at other sins and go, oh, you know, murder or theft or whatever different types of sins that we want to rank as the really bad ones and gossip. I mean, is it really that bad? And, and even, you know, I'm actually just trying to help. When I want to make this first point today, as we're talking about gossip, three words, God hates gossip. He hates it. And I want to go to a couple of places in scripture today to show just how he feels about it. Let's turn to Romans chapter one in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, this is a passage where Paul is talking to the Roman church about the current state of humanity, about how evil man's hearts are. And he talks about how people rejected God, rejected his truth, and because they turned away from him, that God turned them over to what they wanted, their destruction. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32 says this, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy and murder and strife, deceit, maliciousness. This is where we're like, yeah, those bad people. Gossips. Oh, They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. This is a list where there's quite a few things in here talking about the evil that's in the hearts of men. There's quite a few things that that we go, whoa, oh man, yeah, bad, wow, oh, that's evil, that's terrible, those people. And we let the weight of how many big bad things we feel in that text cause us to just rush really quick over the fact that right there with murderers and envy and strife and all of that is they are gossipers and slanderers. And then how he goes on to say that those who practice such things deserve to die. Now, whether you feel one way or the other about capital punishment, that's one where there's a lot less debate if someone's a murderer, whether or not they deserve to die compared to a gossip or a slanderer. Yet Paul is putting them, lumping them into the same conversation, saying the people who reject God and deny his truth and worship the creation rather than the creator, these people are envy or are evil in all these ways, and gossip and slander are right there in that list. We like to breeze past and jump over that or read it really quick and pretend also a lot of times that it's not a problem for us. And or we think it's okay because it's not as bad as murder, right? Although it can be massively destructive. 
Let's look at Leviticus. Let's flip back to the Old Testament real quick. In fact, you don't have to turn there for time's sake. I'm just going to really quickly, Leviticus 19.16 on the screen here. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. This is in the Old Testament law when God is giving commands to his people, telling them, if you're going to be my people, these are the things you are to do, and these are the things you are not to do. These are my commands. And right here he says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people and with it he pairs with that and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor putting them together saying when you're slandering against people you're standing up against their life and then he stamps it all with his authority by going I am the Lord in case you think he's just casually stating this in case you think that's not that big of a deal God tells his people you're not going to slander you're not going to stand up against your neighbor I am the Lord take me seriously take this seriously notice here there are several different terms that are used from someone who is essentially sinning against their brother with their tongue That's what this is all coming down to, is sinning against your brother with your words, with your tongue. Because the thing I want you to see today that we're going to get to later is that ultimately you can use your words to build others up or you can use your words to tear others down. And sinning against others with your tongue, one, we just read the word slanderer, meaning false and malicious talk about others. Saying things about others that are not true, maliciously spreading lies about them. The Bible also uses a different word that we've already talked about a little bit, gossip. And sometimes it calls those busybodies, those who keep themselves busy by sharing other people's business. People who go around from person to person talking about other people's business, their busybodies, their gossips, those who keep themselves busy with other people's information. Another term the Bible uses, we saw in Proverbs already, is a whisperer. Someone who lowers their tone because they know they shouldn't be sharing what they're sharing. Another term is a tale bearer. One who carries around tales about others, going from person to person with tales about other people. Look at what God stated in that passage in Leviticus after the commands to the people of Israel not to be slanderers and not to stand up. I want to feel the weight of him saying, I am the Lord. Saying to all of us, I am the authoritative being of the universe telling you, you will not do this. But what is gossip? Well, I'm going to simply say this. Gossip, if it hasn't been clear already in these first few minutes, gossip is a sin. It's wrong. God hates it. In fact, if I went around and say that I put up a QR code on the screen and said, hey, everybody scan this QR code, take a survey real quick, yes or no, do you think gossip is a sin? Even before this sermon today, 99% of you probably, maybe even 100% would have come back saying, yes, gossip is a sin. But if we hired a reality camera crew, a reality TV camera crew to follow you or me or us around for a week, I think gossip is probably one of the sins that they would find in the lives of Christians way more than others. We've become okay with this thing that God hates. 
And a lot of times we find ways to justify it by saying, oh, I just needed to vent. Or, oh, we wanted to pray for them. We wanted to make sure that more people were praying for that problem of theirs. And God hates it. Gossip is speaking against someone behind their back. It is saying about someone behind their back what you would never say to their face. And you might be like, well, I mean, I'm not a gossip because Pastor Stephen, I would say it to their face. Well, you might not be a gossip, but you just might be a jerk. So this don't gossip conversation and don't say things behind people's back isn't a free pass to just go be a jerk to people's face. Sometimes it's you don't need to say anything at all. In fact, I'm sure you probably heard the same adage I heard growing up, which is, if you can't say nothing good, wow, what a powerful axiom that we have all heard. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. Similar, opposite of gossip is flattery, which is to say something to someone's face that you would not say about them behind their back. Both of those things are evil in the sight of the Lord. See, here's a better definition I heard another pastor say one time. Gossip is speaking negatively to someone about someone else when they are not part of the problem, the person you're talking to is not part of the problem, they're not part of the solution, and they're not in immediate danger. It's going to someone with news about someone else when that person has nothing to do with the issue. It's going, oh, I know something about someone, so let me go over here and tell this person about that other person. When this person is not even part of the problem, nor are they a person who can contribute to the solution, nor are they a person who's in danger, immediate danger, from whatever the said issue is. So a helpful thing to do is to ask yourself, when someone is bringing a conversation to you or conversations forming about an individual who is not present, ask yourself this, am I a part of the problem here? So much to the extent that I need to act on this and do something? Or am I a part of the solution? Am I someone who can do something to fix this issue? to bring resolution. If the answer is no, don't participate. If you're not a part of the problem and you're not a part of the solution and you're not in danger, then don't do anything. In fact, be the place where the gossip goes to die. Be the place where it stops. Say, it's gonna stop with me. Here's an easier way to do this. Ask yourself, is there any way I can help this, solve this, fix this, reconcile this? Is there anything I can do? If the answer is yes, do the thing. Instead of continuing the conversation and moving the gossip forward, if you're going, I could do something about this, do the thing that will bring the fixing. Real impressive English this morning. If you can do something that will bring about change, resolution, fixing the issue that was brought to you, do the thing. Do not be the person who carries gossip forward onto the next person. Also, don't be the person who just welcomes it. We need to see gossip the way that God sees it. Do the thing that'll bring resolution. And I'm not talking about, did you hear about Zolda? Sister Gertrude and uh, what she's going through, we should really be praying for her. Listen, do not self-righteously 
use a God-given blessing like prayer as an excuse to facilitate a Satan-giving curse like gossip. Let me say that again. Do not use a God-given blessing like prayer as an excuse to facilitate a Satan-given curse like gossip. This is the way I think Christians do this the most. Is by saying they, they want to have a justification for talking about other people behind their back. And so they'll say, hey, uh, I don't know if you heard about so-and-so. We really need to be praying for them. How about instead of talking to the person who has nothing to do with it, you talk to the God that you're saying we need to be praying to about? What if instead of carrying the conversation on to someone who has nothing to do with it, we carry the conversation to the one who can do anything? Amen? You guys are super amen this morning. <laughs> Gossip is destructive in a church because it causes division. People going around and saying negative things around or about others behind their back. God hates it. It's divisive. And we need not facilitate it or participate in it. Gossip is destructive in a church that way because it brings division. Gossip is destructive in our own lives because it breeds self-righteousness and pride. Why do we do it? Why do we participate in gossip? It's not to help, even though we try to convince ourselves. We love gossip, as that verse said, it's like that morsel coming down. Mm. We like it because we are prideful, which is sin, and God hates it. We like to gossip because it makes us feel good by looking at the problems or issues of other people, and we look at them as if we're better than them as if we've never sinned, as if we've never fallen short, as if Paul didn't say to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter two, hey, you who were dead in your sins and trespasses that you used to walk in, who were saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So um, don't forget that the person you're talking about, you're no better than. It's only by the grace of God that you're saved. It's not because you're awesome and you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and you worked back into being in God's good graces. No, you're in God's good graces because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and the love and righteousness that was imputed to you by God himself. And it's forgetting the gospel, the gospel which humbles us, wherein we say, my only hope is if someone above me and righteous beyond me saves me from my sin, that gospel humbles me and makes me look at the sins of other people from a humble position, not a haughty position. So when I hear something about someone else, in my humility, I'm not going, oh, oh, oh I gotta go tell someone else about this. I'm going, oh, my, my heart is grieved and broken over that sin. I wanna pray for them. And is there anything I can do to help? The core issue beneath gossip is pride. We love being in the know, don't we? We love having information that other people don't have. It makes us feel special. It feeds that pride. I know something that other people don't know. And although none of us respond to new information going, yes, I know something other people don't know. Like if you say that to someone, they're gonna be like, okay, weirdo. We don't respond that way. Internally, it feels like that delicious morsel that goes down. 
in the innermost parts of the body. That pride going, I know things, I'm special. What if we were so confident in our relationship with God? What if we were so grateful that our identity stands in Jesus Christ that we are simply okay with not knowing everything? What if we are so accepted and so loved and so delighted in by God that we don't need to know everybody's stuff? We love to be the one who's in the know. Further, we love to be the ones who are breaking the news. That feeling you get when you say, hey, have you heard? And someone goes, no. Really? Are you serious? Wow, I had no idea. Inside you're going, I know, I'm special. You're not thinking that, audibilizing that, verbalizing, I'm making up words this morning. You're not verbalizing that, yet that pride in the heart is the root that drives gossip, something that God hates. And if I dare say God hates gossip, if I can magnify what he hates even more is the root of it, which is pride. He said, I'll not share my glory with another. That's why he gave the gospel of grace, whereby our only response is you are awesome and I am not. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me to yourself. Thank you for saving me, this sinner that I am. Thank you for reconciling me to yourself. Let's refuse to be a people who participate in gossip. Our pride causes us to be okay with that sin when we know better. We do that when we forget the gospel. Forget that we are no better than anyone else. It is only the love of God that has welcomed us. And I'll further say this, the types of conversations that you are willing to participate in or willing to facilitate say something about you. The types of conversations you're willing to engage in says something about you. Let's go to Luke chapter six really quick. Luke chapter six, Jesus is talking. He's teaching. Luke chapter six, I said verse 45, I'm actually gonna, start in verse 43 where he says for no good tree bears bad fruit nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit for each tree is known by its fruit for figs do not gather from thorn bushes nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Notice this, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus teaching saying, listen, you want to know if someone's good or bad, evil or not? Judge the fruit of their life. What does their life look like? He's saying, we know that a fig tree is a fig tree because it has figs. My in-laws have an apple tree in their yard. You know how I know it's an apple tree? I've seen the apples on the tree. I've plucked them off and I have taken a bite and it's delicious. I'm not, none of you could convince me it's an orange tree. Why? The fruit. And Jesus is teaching saying we know who someone is by their life, by their actions, their decisions. And they, not only that, he goes on to say by what they say, by what comes out of the mouth. He says the, from the abundance of the heart, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
What conversations you participate in says something about what's in your heart. Listen, one more thing. If a person constantly brings gossip to you, if you're a person that people always come to with gossip, let it sink in that this means they think you are okay with gossip. If people continually bring gossip to you, that means they think you're a safe place for that sin. We don't like that. That's not good. None of us as children of God want to be a safe place for sin. Amen? Let that sink in for a minute. If people constantly bring gossip to you, what does that say about you? And I'm not here to condemn you today, but hopefully the Holy Spirit is convicting all of us in the evils of gossip, facilitating, participating. We want to hate it the way God hates Let's be a place, a person where gossip goes to die. Proverbs 26, let's flip back to Proverbs quickly. Proverbs 26, let's be where gossip goes to die. Not be that person who people know that they can bring gossip to. And verse 20 through 22 says this, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Here he says again the same thing he said earlier. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Right here in Proverbs, the the wise teacher is saying that fire goes out for lack of wood. What if we as a church, as a body of Christ, a local church family, were a people who were committed to, I am not throwing wood on the fire of gossip. When gossip comes to me, the wood is gone. When gossip comes to me, I'm stopping it. It's not getting any further with me. But like Proverbs says, I'm not going to throw some wood on that fire. I'm not going to be a quarrelsome man who is kindling strife who's fanning that flame. I'm not going to be a person who takes that information and goes, mmm, yummy donut. Instead, see it for what it is. Ask ourselves, can we help? Can we do anything about it? Am I in danger? No. Well, I have nothing to do with this conversation then. And let me tell you one more thing. If they will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. If they will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. So what do we do when we are tempted to gossip? Simple solution number one, go to the person. We've talked about this twice already in this entire series. In the first week where we were talking about forgiveness, the other week where uh, Aaron was teaching about reconciliation from Matthew 18, when your brother has offended you, go to them. Further beyond that, if, if someone comes to you with information that's like that morsel that you want to swallow and then pass on to others, instead of passing to others, why don't you just go to the person if you have a way to help? Again, if you don't have a way to help, be done with it. Move on. Pray for the situation, but do not carry it forward. If you're unwilling to talk to the person, instead of all this talking about them, if you're unwilling to go to the person about the situation, then shut your mouth. 
If you're not willing to do something, that's why I, I can't stand it when people come to me saying, hey, Stephen, I need to talk to you about something, but, but don't say anything. Why? Don't tell me. If you're about to give me something I can't act on, don't tell me. Now, you're thinking, well, wait, pastor, you're supposed to be a confidant where people can come for counsel and advice. And yes, absolutely, I am that. And in, in wisdom and in safety among others, for the purpose of helping, for the purpose of helping, for the purpose of helping, with advice and counsel and wisdom in a way that honors God, it's not wrong to go to a leader you respect saying, I, I need help knowing what I should do here. If the goal is to do something. If the goal is not to do something, then say nothing. Pray. But if you're going to tell somebody something and you're not going to do anything about it, you're gossiping and God hates it. Let's close our mouths to that. Talk to the person instead of talking about the person. Talk to the person instead of talking about the person. That's what you do when you're tempted to gossip. What do you do when you're invited into gossip? Here's four simple steps, real practical. Number one, here's the funnest, call it out. Call it out. Say, hey, uh, that's gossip, or this sounds like or feels like gossip, and I don't want to be a part of that. That's a real quick way to become a person who people don't bring gossip to. Oh, but man, then I won't... I won't know as much. So what? So what? Recognize it's your pride that wants to know everything. And recognize that God hates pride. He gives grace to the humble, the proud he resists, Scripture says. Be okay knowing your business. Be okay not knowing everyone else's business. Call it out. I'm so thankful that uh, two months ago-ish, there was a brother in our church who I was having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that he brought something to me with someone he was concerned about. And they, this person came to me with, I believe, good and pure motives. They had a concern about someone. And I addressed the concern. I started the conversation well. I believe God was glorified until a point where I let pride put me on the defensive and I pushed the conversation into gossip. And thank God for a faithful brother in Christ who had the courage to say to his pastor, uh, I don't want to participate in gossip. You know what that made me feel like? It made me feel about this big. And I'm thankful. We want to kill gossip in our church Let's be a people who call it out for what it is. I don't want somebody to have to say that to me again. And when we are confronted with gossip, if someone says to you, hey, this is starting to feel like gossip. Well, no, I was just, stop, stop. Just go, is this gossip? I think I am gossiping. Thank you for loving me enough to stop me from sinning. Confess the sin, repent, and turn away from it. Let's not facilitate it. I'm so thankful for that brother who said that to me in that moment and crucified my pride. 
Number one, call it out. That's the quickest and the best. This is the one I recommend the most because that will shut it down. You talk about being a person who people know that they can't come to with gossip, start calling gossip out and gossips will avoid you like the plague. Number two, redirect the conversation. What if someone's saying, hey, did you hear this about Susie? What if you just went, oh, you know, I I love Susie. She's so great. I love this about her. And, you know, she does this. And what if you just started saying great things about this person? Start just redirecting the conversation that way. What if that's not something you can do, but instead you just go, hey, how about that Packers season, huh? (laughs) And I'm not heaping on you because the Cowboys are a joke and they choke too. So (laughs) what if you just redirect the conversation in such a way that's jarring that the person goes, well, what is the, oh, oh, I see. Helps people recognize, oh, he did that because he was uncomfortable with the conversation that was happening. Why was he uncomfortable? Oh, because I was gossiping. And they redirected the conversation. Number two, here's a fun one. You want to make it awkward? Just give a blank stare. I could do this for an hour, guys. <laughs> Just stare at them. Wait till it gets uncomfortable and awkward enough to where they're like, what are you? Oh, oh. Fourth, see yourself out. Sometimes, here's the deal. Among believers, we, we especially ought to be able to call gossip out and, and call each other into repentance to help each other to abstain from sin and not participate in division and to crucify pride. But sometimes you're at work with people who don't believe in the Lord, don't care that God hates gossip and live in a culture where water cooler conversations are perfectly normal and acceptable. Gossip is just part of life. Everybody does it. And so they're not going to be convicted by, by the idea that they shouldn't gossip. And so these are people that you've already tried these other steps saying, hey, I don't want to have any part of that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to facilitate that. And you've already learned they're not going to be challenged or broken or repentant over you calling it out. And so therefore, one of the best things you can just do at that group of people talking bad about someone else, you just go, I'm not going to participate. See yourself out of that conversation. Just walk out. The main thing we need to recognize today is you can use your words to build others up or you can tear them down. You can do one or the other. You can use your words to build up, to say great things. And that's one of the things we ought to do when someone is saying bad things about other people. What if we just chose to go, what are all the good things I can say about that person right now? What if we were a people who so shut down gossip and we became a people not only who shut down gossip, but made it a point that if I'm going to talk about someone who's not present, I'm going to talk good. If there's someone here that we're talking about and they're not here, I am only going to participate in good conversation about them. I am only going to build them up to you. I am only going to edify you. I am only going to use building up with my words in this conversation for that person who's not here. Make it a point that if I'm talking about someone who's not present, it will be for the good. Ephesians 4.29 Paul said to the church in Ephesus, he said, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up 
as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. He's saying, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. That's on you, on me, on us. We don't let it come out. You're still going to be tempted to participate. You're still going to have pride tempt you to bite that donut of gossip, that tasty morsel. You're still going to have that pride saying, ooh, you could know more. You're still going to have pride saying you could be the breaker of news. You could still be the one who gets the reaction of, I didn't know that. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which builds up. If you have no intention to act, then you should have no intention to speak. If you do not intend to do something, why are you saying something? And ultimately, all of this is true that if we learn something about someone else, someone who's going through something or did something or made a bad decision or whatever it might be, don't we want to be the people who our first default knee-jerk reaction is to pray for them? Isn't that who we want to be? Don't we want to be the people like, that's another way probably to shut it down. What if people come to you to gossip and say, oh, let's pray for them right now. Are you going to talk to God with that person in a way that doesn't honor God? You're going to turn it into gossip when you're talking to God? Probably not. What if you just shut it down by praying right away? Next time you're tempted to gossip, I pray that the Holy Spirit reminds you that that type of speech makes you untrustworthy. And if you are someone who's hearing this and the Holy Spirit's pricking your heart and you're going, oh, I've done this. I, I mean, all of us have in some form or fashion at some point. And all of us are tempted to do this. If you're someone who struggles and you're going, I don't want to do it, but I'm weak in this area. God, how do, how do I get better at this? I want to, Lord, help me. Your daily prayer needs to become Psalms 141 verse 3. Psalm 141 verse 3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. What a beautiful thing to pray every day. Whether we struggle with gossip or not. What we just said, God, help me. The Bible talks a lot about how dangerous our mouth can be. Would you set a guard over my mouth, Lord? Keep watch over the door of my lips. When I want to say something that's not edifying, that's not encouraging, that doesn't honor you, that doesn't give glory to you, that doesn't build others up and tears others down, Lord, would you just guard my mouth? I want to be an agent of blessing and encouragement and hope and uplifting. Be a person to whom gossip goes to die. Be a person from whom prayer comes alive. Gossip comes to you, shut it down, call it out, say, I'm not going to participate, and immediately reorient your heart and check your heart by praying about whatever you just heard. And also encouraging that person to stop what they're doing, tell them they need to repent and love. We don't got to be jerks about it. We don't got to be haughty. But be a dead end for gossip. Be that place where it's not going anymore. We want to be a dead end for gossip and we want to be a wide open highway for encouragement. Amen? If we are the people of God, 
If we are the family of God, people who have received grace and love and mercy and forgiveness, people who have been lifted up by the God of all creation, don't we want to perpetuate who he is in our relationships? That mercy, that kindness, that forgiveness, that no condemnation, don't we want to perpetuate that in our church family? To our family, to our friends, to our coworkers? Choose today. I will not be a person who facilitates or participates with gossip when we're tempted to talk about others, about someone else. Let's talk to God instead. Take that before him. And if you need to act and do something, then act and do something. Let's not use our words to tear others down. Amen? We're gonna do something a little different today. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna let Rachel just play for a little bit after service. I'm gonna pray and dismiss. And if the Lord has pricked your heart and you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit about this and you just need to sit for a moment and pray and confess that sin and repent to the Lord or anything in general, if you wanna pray, if today and you're going, man, that God who offers freedom and forgiveness and love even though I'm a sinner sounds amazing and I wanna confess my sin and turn to him in faith, you're welcome to stay and pray as well. You can stay and pray in your seat. You can come down front and pray. If you want someone to pray with you, find me or someone else. But as we dismiss, we're just gonna leave this atmosphere for us to be able to pray. And if you don't have something on your heart, then please go check your kids out of the kids' wing and mingle and share with others after church is over. Lord, I thank you that your word cuts us sometimes in ways that are uncomfortable and unpleasant, but are for our good. Like the faithful knife, that faithful scalpel of a surgeon who opens our heart and looks at what's wrong. God, I ask today that if any of us have been facilitating gossip, that you would convict us of how much you hate it. God, I ask that you would help us hate gossip and hate pride the way that you do. God, I ask that you would help us turn from that. Help us be a dead end to gossip. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people who would use our words to build up, to edify, to encourage, to lift others up. And if there's anyone here today who's heard about this Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind, and does not know you, Lord, has not confessed their sin and turned away repented and placed their faith in you, Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to do that in their seat right now, to confess their need for a savior, to call out their sin and turn away from it, place their hope for salvation in you and be filled and transformed by your Holy Spirit. God, these things we pray for the glory of your name, the name of Jesus, amen.